you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Talking pigskin on NFL, cause football is really swell. NFL's great and there is no debate, he's gonna talk right now. Hi and hello football fans, it's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Of course, I know it's going well wherever you are because we made it, people. We made it. Football season is upon us, not the phony nonsense we've been biding our time with for the last month, pretending that it matters. Preseason football is just about in the books, and now it's time for the real thing to get going. College football this weekend, then NFL football. Welcome to episode number 88 of the Dave Damashek football program. As always, available on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck, S-H-E-K. I hope, like me, your your uh, fantasy drafts are being taken care of. I still have two on the way. My big one, my annual one, the uh, Showbiz League, the uh, you know the fancy pantses that are in it, like uh, Sports Guy Simmons and Cousin Sal and all those guys, and then John Hamm, aka Don Draper. The big story there. Here's in case you're new to the podcast and you haven't heard me talk about this particular fantasy league, you may be intrigued. And, in fact, you may want to take up this little plan that we use here. It's, uh, it's pretty hard. It's pretty tough stuff here. What we do is the champion, survivor style, the previous season's champion gets to kick out someone of his choosing. And last year, Elliot Blutt, an attorney in Beverly Hills, bald-headed fella, kicked out Don Draper, <laughs> the envy of every fella and the apple of every woman's eye. Don Draper had to tuck tail and pick up his dirty computer and skedaddle from the draft room. You only get you get kicked out night of the draft. You cannot indicate before, so you must physically show up for the announcement. It's quite brutal, and I have yet to be kicked out, so my day is coming probably uh, as soon as a couple days from now at the, uh, at the hands of the Dutch MOOC. So I'm looking forward to that. Hope your fantasy drafts are going well, and uh, as always, 
joining me here in Studio 66 to break down all things football. I don't know how we're going to deviate from football. We, we like to address the big blue marble at large, but with football here, we, we may be hard-pressed to, to leave that subject. From NFL.com and NFL Network, it's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure to see you. What are your odds? Do you feel that you might be kicked out of this league, yes or no? Well, I haven't paid for last season yet, mm-hmm. and so that's that's an issue. But that's that's Damashek's bit. I show up with my checkbook in hand of to pay for the last season and uh, and square my balance going forward. It's wait, cute, but wait. some people don't like it. Some people think I should be kicked out for that. I don't like that. Interesting. So was Dom Draper, was he blindsided by this news that he was being kicked out last year? Yes, yes. <laughs> I think that people think that they cannot be kicked out because they have some status in show business, hey, it, has, has, it curries no favor in the world of fantasy football. And the showbiz people are you, Dom Draper, cousins. <laughs> Don is, Draper, are you that? Are you a, that? I don't watch. Out of touch that I you don't, don't know it's it. Don Draper. I don't want you know. I don't watch the show. All right, sorry. That's it. I, well, I'm not, I'm not a showbiz person, but you know, a lot of those Kimmel guys, a lot of those Kimmel writers, and uh, like I say, sports guy Simmons and uh, and some other fellows. I, I say showbiz is a joke. It's not really a, Sport, a showbiz league. The sports guy is the one who's got to go. <laughs> no, no, from, no. Your, from your mouth to the Dutch Mook's ears, I would love it if the Mook kicked him out. I would laugh and laugh because at I would feel you would get and you would get mentioned in his call. Do you think he would mention it in his, in his call? No. What I think would happen is I say the thing that happened with uh, with the sports guy at the end of last football season, he declared that God, fantasy for the second straight year because he was not going to win for the second straight year. Fantasy football is all luck. I'm I'm done with fantasy. It's a joke. All it is about is is just pure luck about what your draft position is and who gets hurt and everything. Of course, if he had been winning, it would have right. been owed purely to his skill and savvy. But uh, so is he that- declares he's done. But about uh, a couple months ago, he decided, all right, I'm back in. I want in. <laughs> I'm going to win this year. Oh, you, you get gotta, kicked out. You oh, kick out for well, I'm not. I, I'm not in charge. I didn't oh, win last year. It's not man. up. To, it's not up to me. It's the Dutch Mooks can we call get, here. Can we I get, might, listen. I am absolutely. Can we get Dutch on the phone? Well, you know what? As a matter of fact, we could. We got and we got a lobby for this. That's an interesting idea you have there. I feel like we can make all a right, pretty We'll look into that. Let me let me oh. look at this first of all. Though, let's say hello to our old pal. We haven't talked with him in. What? It feels like almost two weeks. Maybe it is two weeks. All the way from England, the Dolphins' greatest fan here, stateside, Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England. Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. How are you, handsome? Good, thank you, Dave. How are you? I'm well. It's a pleasure to see you. And and handsome reminds me as I see him. You know, he's the man who runs the homepage there for NFL.com. And so I do want to make mention of the fact that uh, I think Friday night or maybe Saturday you can be on the lookout for the season's first shame report. We're gonna we're, yeah, we got to wrap up all the things that happened over summertime. The launch of the shame report sponsored this year by Snickers. Mm-hmm. A lot of shame to go around as well, Dave. There's a great deal to go around, and uh, it starts with your Miami Dolphins. Your what? QB, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard I can't wait to watch it uh, when I get home today. I haven't seen Hard Knocks. Your QB, Ryan Tannehill, your hopes and dreams are pinned mm-hmm. to number 17 from the state of Texas. He doesn't know where, what, what teams are in it's, what division? Yeah. 
That's, that's an embarrassment. crazy. It, it's, I mean, like, it doesn't matter, and I, I shouldn't care about it, but I really, really care about why it. Why should How, you not? Why, I, I don't well, understand not, this mentality that what's the difference. Well, look, Can you guys not explain what's make, happening? Um, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Matt Moore set him up. You could see it happening, and maybe Matt Moore harbors a slight, you know, um, desire to shame um, Ryan Tannehill. Slight indeed. Given, given <laughs> that... Um, <laughs> Given that uh, that uh, he he beat him out for the job, um, exposed the fact that uh, Ryan Tannehill has no idea not only who's in each conference but who's in each division. And Tannehill himself admitted to be confused. Well, I mean, there is some confusion. There are teams that you know their geographical location doesn't represent where they fit into the NFL, and we've talked about that before. But um, he he thought that the Chiefs were in the NFC East. And, I mean, there were a couple of examples he threw out there. Well, also, it, like I say, I haven't seen it yet, right. but and, and but I I do know that it's not going to get in the way of him landing on the shame report. I can already no. tell you that. No, no. But apparently, he said, "Why are we the the Dolphins? Why are we in the East?" We're way down here. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, you can be south and east at the yeah. same forget, time. <laughs> forget uh, not knowing what teams are in what divisions yes. or conferences in in the NFL. He just basically uh, and forget even the continental U.S. He just doesn't even understand the way a compass works. He doesn't right. even understand <laughs> north, south, east, west. And, and Dave, this, this is brings me on to a larger point about hard knocks. I, I like every football fan. We're a week away from the start of the season. Everyone goes in. I, I think if you're a true fan, no matter what, you can put everything aside normally and say, "My team's going to kill it this year. We're going to be Super Bowl champions." At this time of year, that's mm-hmm. what you should be sure. thinking. Hard knocks and the transparency that you know that Stephen Ross and that uh, the team were looking for. Uh, all it's done is. Normally by week five, I've completely given up that thought, and I'm now thinking about next year, head coaches, general managers, draft picks, whatever else. And that, sadly, that's been the way for my team, at least, for, for a few years now. I'm, I'm already in despairing. You know, with quarterback who doesn't know where he is, um, uh, just some of the mess. A head coach, on. a head coach who is more consumed by where gar, uh, where gum, picking. where gar, where gum wrappers are on the field. And is this uh, the way no, Lombardi? I'll forgive, that. <laughs> I'll forgive that. I mean, for now, I mean, and that's still the optimistic. Side but do you of guys me. care that much if the quarterback doesn't know the divisions and everything? No, I don't think it's going to affect him. But it, nothing. The Dolphins haven't come out of this looking. prosperous or good or anything. You know, everything about it's been a bit like point and laugh rather than how um, would you and when you watch that and as a matter of fact i go against what you say what you just said generally which is when you watch hard knocks i always come away watching that show i always think this team can't help but be really good because they focus on individuals who look like they have a big upside and you think wow this guy's gonna fit in nicely there's been zero of that no and there must be some of that i mean i know that there's some of that on the team there are some you know uh, aside from all the jokes there's you know players like cameron wake there's reggie bush who is talented and and works hard and there's some good stories that haven't been told and in the meantime they focused on you know some of the chad 85 was right and and maybe that's some of the way it's just played out you know it's the the stories have come to them but it's it hasn't been great i I, i've I've enjoyed i've enjoyed what i mean it's it's ridiculous i've enjoyed watching it but i've come every time i've been like oh no i support that team i understand (laughs) that your heart wants what it wants you're just because you're english and you're watching from uh the other side of the atlantic it doesn't invalidate your choice of the dolphins you chose as a lad to embrace danny marino understandably but do you now wish because you do you, you know you are an englishman it feels like Almost like you could just change your team no, if you I, wanted no, to. That's that, Dave. Uh, you you've just shamed yourself by saying that. I'm a football fan. You can't change your team. 
I guess Rank didn't switch allegiances just because Dieter Brock was his quarterback. What? what, what that counts. That Another was, one. No, that's good. No, I was disappointed that, that you, was got, legitimate. you got that drop. I in. got the Dieter Brock. I was drop. already starting to think because I was I was trying to think when you're talking about the visions. I was thinking like Dieter Brock must have been confused when he saw that the Saints and the Falcons were in the <laughs> NFC West. Damashek uh, back strong back with our game. Dieter Brock referencing there. And uh, Handsome, I know we only have you for a couple minutes today because you're busy managing the homepage. I did notice, and uh, go on NFL.com to track this one down, Burt Breer contends in a, uh, in, in, on the front page that Tom Brady, greatest QB of all time. Well, he asked the question, yes. And does he answer it? Uh, he, he gets other people to answer it. He, he speaks to some of Brady's teammates from high school all mm-hmm. the way through to the pros. Uh, he speaks, surprisingly, Robert Kraft is very much behind the idea that Tom Brady's the best quarterback of all time. Who saw that one coming? Um, but he, he leaves you to, to um, formulate your own opinion. That's not Damashek's way. No, I know that. Damashek tells but you how it is. Damashek are very different people. Well, I'll tell you this. Who's more handsome, do you think, handsome? By, by a long way, you. Really? Yes. You don't find Burt Breer to be a, a handsome fellow? He he. There, t- I, there's a point. I hope. Does he listen to this podcast? I'm sure he does. Oh. There's there's a point in the season where I, I feel like Burt Breer because he always, often gets sent to cold weather places, <laughs> and he's eaten a lot of cold weather food by about December. <laughs> Burt Breer gets a little heavier than he do- he is in July. J- you know, training camp time, he's in shape. Right. Um. But he, I really hope he's not listening. Handsome, I do want to get uh, your thoughts on the AFC in general, but I, but I am interested in this. Uh, the, the, I guess, uh, broader question: Does it matter that Ryan Tannehill doesn't know the divisions? Or the conferences? Yes, absolutely it does. You know, all we hear about is this thing that the the playbook is so hard to right. learn. How's this kid going to get up to speed? Apparently it ain't that tough. Because well, if he can learn a playbook but he doesn't have any idea what the divisions are, then the playbooks aren't that tough. But in general, I've said this. when Remember, uh, what was that, three, four years ago, Donovan McNabb was in overtime and didn't realize mm-hmm. that the game ended after one quarter of overtime? Mm-hmm. I contend that— After somebody scored. Oh, that, that, that's right. That's death. right. I feel like I would contend, and this is a politically incorrect uh, position to take. I think the casual fan, the average fan, cares less if if a player on their team gets caught burning tree or something like that. I think that does less damage to the fan base or to the perception of the league than it does when a quarterback does something like this. I really do. Yeah. I think people well, think, what? what? What are you talking about? He doesn't know the rules. Why would yeah. I know the rules better than he? Johnny, it's the John, Johnny Damon effect. When Johnny Damon went from the Red Sox to the Yankees, he said, well, that, you know, that, that rivalry stuff, that's more for fans than it is for us. Same thing as Brett Favre and all the, all the players. When you ask players, they almost to a man say, oh, well, that's not a big deal. You guys care about that. Yeah, it undermines uh, our position as fans. Right. I really do think the commissioner's office should say, listen, don't say that. You have to feed these rivalries because that's what's important exactly. to we fans. And, and a P, the PR department for the Dolphins. Right. I mean, what I want to hear from my rookie quarterback is, I don't care if we go 3-13, and 13, but I want those three wins to be against our division rivals. That's what, you know, I want to... Exactly. Beat, we have to beat the Jets. We have to beat the Patriots. That's what I want to hear from my quarterback, not who's in our division. 
Don't and make me guys, feel. Don't make me feel like a child because that's what the right. effect is. I feel like a child that I care about rivalries yeah. and I care about you know with with the mat. You know when the players like, oh yeah, whatever. That's that's not what it's about for us. So then it's like, well, then what do you care about? Your individual numbers. Well, also, you do care about going to the playoffs, and you do have to beat the teams who are your yeah. rivals twice a year in order to do that. It's well, that's the best way to do These it. These guys are so overmanaged as it is. Like somebody's not in their ear. Like hey. uh you're with the Dolphins now. You hate the Jets. You hate the Patriots. Right. And uh, you don't have to hate the Bills, but you hate those two teams. Yes, you must say that. I don't care you if you believe it. You just talk that way. Or at least you have to know that, that they're in your division and you could say and it. And by the way, even the teams, uh, that the teams aside, the publicists of the individual should say, your fan base is going to go gaga. If you know, hey, if you're a Steeler and you come out waving a terrible right. towel, people are going to love you in the city of Pittsburgh. That's what I meant. Yeah, they're, pre- yeah. they're managers or they're handlers and everything. Yeah, and if you're T.J. Hushmanzada, if you wipe your shoes with a terrible towel, then the people in Cincinnati are going to love yeah, you. Yeah, they love it. All right, Handsome, listen, we love visiting with you, uh, but hit the bricks here. All right, I'm out of here. Studio 66. You we, got someone better coming or something? As a matter of fact, we do, but we will talk to you a week from today because we are going to do a podcast in front of the season, the, what, one day in front of the season, where we will cover all matters, NFL football. We will make sure that we have dotted all the I's, crossed every T before the first kick is made in uh, in the Meadowlands there between the uh, between the Giants and the Cowboys. In the meantime, though, we're going to talk with somebody who was here in Studio 66 a couple months ago, and I think I speak for Adam Rank when I say we fell very much in love with this uh, with this fella. At the time, he was a free agent. Mm-hmm. Now, a wideout on the New England Patriots and a very fashionable man. Very much. A so. musical man. Mm-hmm. A man who has many colors in his rainbow. Brandon Lloyd. How are you, man? In the most masculine way. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not, listen, you don't have to explain yourself to me. We're cool with that. Listen, you know, I, I, I'm secure with my, uh, with my masculinity as well to say that you're a well-dressed man, you're a handsome devil, and so on. So how are you, Brandon Lloyd? Good to catch up with you. Good to catch up with you. I'm doing, I'm doing great. Excellent. Uh, so training camp, uh, you're pretty much done. Boy, shootout uh, for you, uh, a 6'3", uh, nail-biter, huh? Yeah. Yeah, definitely a shootout. No, it was um no, it was a tough game. I think it was a uh, a good opportunity for um the guys who uh were are on the bubble or uh looking to put good film out there um or even possibly make the final roster on uh on New England to get a chance to put some good film out there and and throw, and throw their hat in the ring as far as making the team. Well, uh, Brandon Lloyd, uh, uh, along with uh, all the other great stuff he does, is uh, he, he does uh, some great work with Blessings in a Backpack and uh, MXL. Talk about that. Um, well, Blessings in a Backpack is a program um, that uh, I'm going to uh, work with this year, and it's going to help. Uh, it's going to basically put uh, the necessary foods in kids' backpacks for uh, inner city kids who maybe come home to an empty home or uh, no one's there to make their food for them, or um, so they'll they'll get a nylon backpack with um, you know a, a good day's amount of, of food in there uh, so that they can make so that they can eat when they come home. And uh, MXL Live is a financial program that's going to help with uh, financial literacy in uh, young adults and and, uh, and high school kids. 
Terrific. Well, uh, Brandon Lloyd, we when we talked with you when you were here in Studio 66 out on the uh, West Coast a couple months ago, we we really fancied your knowledge of music and, uh, and, and that sort of thing. And what we're doing with the podcast uh, this year is in season, we want, we're lining up NFL football players to contribute to the show in their area of expertise. We have Lamar Woodley of the Steelers. Of course, he's go he's he's training to be a sports counselor, so we feel like when anybody is having a low point in the season, Lamar Woodley can maybe boost their spirits a little bit. Awesome. Yeah, we're going to do that. So we'll have movie critics and so on among the NFL players, and your specialty is music. We'll get to that in just a second, but I do want to ask you about something you just touched on there. I said rhetorically, I was in New York City, and I'll be a name dropper here. I was sitting next to Marshall Falk, not by his choice, just by his obligation that he was sitting next to me, believe me. But Marshall Falk, I said to him, why do you, you know, if, if preseason football is so important, if it's so essential to what happens with a team, then why don't college football teams play even one? I asked him that, uh, presumably, I thought it was just a rhetorical question, and he said, I'll tell you why. It's because of what you just said. It's that the players union and everybody else gets behind it because it showcases players who may get cut. And now there's fresh film on these guys so that other teams can pick them up. Is that right? Um, I, I think that's right. I think it's also um, the, the NFL doesn't have a farm system like uh, baseball or hockey. Um, you know, we don't have that NFL Europe anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the, what's the, what's the new league? Um, uh, yeah. So, the, what 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 is that thing UFL called? Yeah, UFL. Yeah, UFL, um, which is a that's trying to emerge as a as a potential farm league because teams are using that to to seek talent. But um, since we don't have a true farm system, training camp and preseason games to me seems like that's the way they do it. That's how they find the next Arian Foster, or the next Victor Cruz, or you know that's uh, that's the way that that's the way it goes about. Are the coaches that serious? Because you see them at the end of the, these preseason games. It's forty-one to seven, but no, the coaches out there just act like every second he's got a coach. Are they really that serious? What's going on at the end of yeah, those games? They're, they're definitely they're, <laughs> they're that serious. Um, you know, and it's you know it may not seem like it's that serious just because the game uh, the get because the game is perceived to be meaningless. But uh, you know they're they're doing their best to, to help these. Uh, new players and these, uh, you know, players who've been around for a while get a get a job and earn a job on the team. So um, they're serious about it, especially in the in the weeks leading up into it. They don't want guys going out there and and looking bad. But does Belichick say in the locker room, "We, we I really want to win this game," or is that not uh, really what's relevant? It's more about I want to see your be- the the best out of everybody who it touches the field. Every time we step out there, coach wants to win. Um, but you know it's definitely more important for guys to uh, perform perform the best that they can individually, and then you know if everybody does that and does their job, you know to the best of their ability, and they don't don't have a lot of mistakes, then the outcome will be a positive outcome. Let's talk about uh, fashion real quick, specifically with the New England Patriots. I denounce their navy blue pants. How say you? Um. I've I've heard a couple guys actually say they like the silver ones better. Yeah, they should go. To, I, listen, home or away, I don't care if you're wearing the blue jerseys or the white, but you should always have the silver pants. It just doesn't look right. Listen, you're a man of high style. Do you agree? <laughs> I, I I like it. I like the blue pants. You know, like I said, it was only a couple guys. It wasn't like um, you know a handful of guys actually said anything. But I I, I don't I don't mind. 
Well, you did at Illinois. Did you ever wear the navy pants with the orange hat? That looks pretty nice. Yeah, that looks that looks good. Yeah, we wore. I think the the big deal for us at Illinois back in the day was the navy on navy or the blue on blue. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, the blue pants with the blue jerseys. Yeah. Snappy looking. Yeah, I do like that. Now, was everybody pretty down a couple weeks ago in uh, in the New England uh, at New England training camp when it came out the the uniform monitor, aka me, named the Patriots as having the worst uniform? No, I didn't. I didn't even actually didn't hear. We're pretty shut off there, though. I'm sure it was big news. I think it's for the best that they. I, I'm sure that's what they did, right? They they're like, you know what? We can't let the players find out about this. Will devastate them emotionally. Let's keep them. Keep, don't let them hear about this. It knocked Bobby Valentine off the Nesson lead and in the show. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, listen. I, I I'm I'm a, a man of great influence with the. Uh, I, I see. But the I red see. uniforms are better, though, right? The red Those unis are... is what they got to go with. Pat the Patriot on the side of the hat, snapping the football. No? Uh, maybe for an alternative jersey. That would uh, be cool. All right, all right. Well, listen, you mentioned Illinois, or we mentioned Illinois. What do you think about uh, the Illini this year? Any chance in the Big Ten? You know what? I haven't really been keeping uh, up on that. It's a weird thing. I think we maybe even talked about this. There, Illinois is one of those teams that has had so much talent over the years I mean, in the last decade, especially the the the, the really um, high profile NFL players, including yourself. Why is it that they and Pitt and North Carolina, I think, and Maryland are the teams that you would hold up? To what is that owed? What What do you think that's about? Um. I don't know. I guess I'm confused on what the question is. Well, why you know that all this this NFL caliber talent, the, you, you know, you and a bunch of other guys have gone on to stardom in the NFL. How come Illinois isn't uh, you know making a run at the Rose Bowl every year? You know, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough guess. It is. It is perplexing. I guess there is no answer to that. All right, Brandon <laughs> Lloyd. What we want to do is, like I say, and we're going to get it. We'll get a uh, a musical intro for you since uh, you're going to talk music here. I think each week. What we should do is rank. What do you think? Every time Brandon's with us, how should we play this one here? Mm-hmm. Should this is still preseason, so we don't have to, you know, we don't have to do it perfectly this first time out. But do you think should Brandon give us a an album suggestion, a song suggestion? Should he just suggest an artist? Or Brandon, I turn it to you. How do you want to do it? Um, that sounds good. Um, maybe uh, I can talk about. Um, maybe the music that's influenced me going into uh, the game on Sunday. I love that. Because mm-hmm. it's so cool because sometimes there's always like a song that's the soundtrack for that week's game. And then you have your, um, and then I have my regular song. So I have like my Metallica Unforgiven that plays. Oh. Um, I have, uh, um, you know, my certain Jay-Z songs that get ran through there, my certain Little Wayne songs, Gucci Man, you know. So I, and um, and now I've been listening to a lot of uh, uh, electronic and dubstep kind of stuff. So hmm. um, there's there's always a, a nice playlist that goes in there, but there's always something new that sticks in there and it's going to stay in the rotation the whole year. Boy, I love I love we the need- range. That's see that's why that's why Lloyd's a good guy for this because he's got range in his musical taste. I like the Metallica. I, I think that's great. Unforgiven. I think you can do a little bit better. There's a lot of great songs, but he, we do need to get this. We need to get to the bottom of this. And anytime you would have a music critic in, the biggest question: Tupac 
Well, or wait B. a second. Before you no. enter this, Lloyd, what if what if he gets it wrong? Then no, what? No, no, we can. And who's the arbiter of whether it's right or wrong? Oh, I'm the arbiter. There's no right or wrong answer. All right. Well, let's. Uh, Tupac versus Biggie. This is only it's strictly opinion because they're both great. Mm-hmm. They're both a, you know they're both uh, prolific and historical artists when it comes to the genre of hip hop music and and gangster rap music. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, being that I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri, and the West Coast was so much of an influence. I, I picked Tupac. Yes. Um, that's, that's the music that I'm, I most listen to. <laughs> and then once I got into college and I got older, that's when I started listening to Biggie. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't grab me as much as Tupac stuff did when I was younger. Yeah, that makes you happy, right? That, that's exactly that's the right answer. And if you look at what, what Tupac was singing about and, like, really intelligent lyrics, I encourage anybody to listen to the song Changes. Which is one of the most influential songs that he did, and it just by n- no means was he a positive artist. Um, he promoted a, a lot of the um, things that you wouldn't want your children participating in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think uh, talent-wise, uh, lyrical content, um, um, the, his rhyming patterns uh, to the music that was selected for him to rap on, it was all very forward. And he did have a broad range of subject matter that he can talk to, that he would talk about, uh, whether it be political or uh, you know domestic issues to just stuff that's happening in the ghetto. You know, he he, he touched on that. I think a little bit better better than Biggie, so I do agree with that. Oh, I'm so relieved, wow. Rank, that uh, Brandon Lloyd is in lockstep with you on this one. Well, Good for yeah. you. I'm happy for the both of you. <laughs> All right, Brandon Lloyd, tell us then. Go ahead, make a suggestion. I what are what's the music that's getting you ready here? As we are now from the Patriots' first game, we're just a little bit more than a week away from that against that that, that visit to Nashville. What's going to be on your headphones game day morning, Sunday morning in Nashville? in front of that Titans game? Um, I think that I'm picking um, another uh, artist. Not only is he an artist, but he also has another uh, gig. And I'm going to go with um, uh, Childish Gambino. His alias is on uh, on television. And um, his uh, mixtape is called Royalty. And the song is uh, Won't Stop. And that's the song that I've been playing a lot. And uh, I think that's the one that's going to get me hyped up for Tennessee. Childish Gambino won't stop. Who is he on TV? Um, Donald Glover. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From Scrubs, right? No, wait a second. That's not Donald Glover. That's Donald Faison. Donald Glover is on uh, Community. And, um, oh, yes, yes, yes. I do know him now. Yes, I I do know what you're talking about. (laughs) On Community. All right, well, listen. Do what you can for the fashionable among us. Go to the silver pants. The blue pants, they just don't look right, I'm afraid. I, I just can't agree with that. And that's what you're going to be wearing there in Tennessee. I'd really like to see you turn a new page there, start a new era in New England. At least go to the silver pants until you get to the to the red jerseys and white hats. Those are the better uniforms all, all together. But either way... Best wishes to you in your uh, in your new venture with your new team there, Brandon Lloyd. Always a pleasure, and uh, we'll look forward to yapping with you in a, uh, a few weeks for some more music talk. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. There he goes, the great Brandon, Thanks, Brandon. Lloyd. From uh, and by the way, the uh, the best thing he's doing, of course, is uh, is like I say, the work with blessings in a backpack, and uh, make sure you look that up on the Google. On the internet, so they'll, mm. they'll, they'll tell you all about that. But uh, a good cause there. Nice fella, huh, Rank? Great guy. Now, good stuff out of Brandon Lloyd. And, and like I mentioned there, 
We're going to have him on to talk about some music, and obviously he knows what he's talking about. Then you go Lamar Woodley, sports counselor. Sean Phillips is going to be our food critic, Black Tie. Food critic is also a reality TV guy, mm-hmm. so we can uh, give we, him about that. And he has quite a huge Twitter following. Oh, is that right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then we're also we're we're gonna we're gonna see about maybe AJ Hawk as our front runner as a movie critic. All right, right now, look who's coming in. It's our two old pals from around the league. Here they are, fan favorites, along with handsome Hank, I don't mind telling you. Jam packed show here today in Studio mm-hmm. sixty six from around the league. Dan Hanzus and Mark Sessler. What's the poop, fellas? Hello, man. How hey. are you? Good oh, what you. in Let's try that again. Hey, what's the poop, fellas? Hey, what's up? Good to see you. They both look at each other. (laughs) You guys should pick an order. Pick an order who's going to talk first, because you both just kind of sit there looking at each other. Like, are you going to go first, or am I, me, you, no? (laughs) Yeah, should I go, me? Yeah, we're we're, we're good. You wouldn't know it by by those introductions, but uh, I believe (laughs) that they're enthusiastically awaiting the start of of the NFL season here. (laughs) You can read their work on NFL.com around the league, as I always say, and I'll say again now. They, if you are a football fan, this is what you want to be following because they will let you know and comment on every story that is relevant in the NFL, and they do it with a bit of mirth. Again, you'll be surprised by that based on their introductions. But <laughs> Hanzoos, you can follow him at Dan Hanzoos, and uh, you can follow Fancy Pants Mark Sessler at Mark Sessler NFL. NFL. He needs, a, he needs the letters behind him to feel important. Corporate I don't th- sloth. Yeah, it's exactly That's not right. the history on that, but I'm going to let you continue along that. All right, so be it. So, fellas, football season is here. Um, next week, I want to do um, – uh, not a week from today, I said earlier. I, m- I misspoke. In, on next Tuesday, the day before the kickoff in the Meadowlands, I want to get the gang together, Rank, Handsome Hank, the two of you, and Black Tie – and we're going to put our heads together, mm-hmm. and we're going to figure it all out before the season starts. Okay. Our picks are out there. Everybody has made their picks on NFL.com, but I want to pour over them. I want to get all the answers to all the big questions so that people know exactly how it's going to go down before the thing even starts. All right? Everybody in? Done. Let's get let's our hands in. Yeah, no, right. we don't need to do the hand. No, no. let's not do it. No? Okay. <laughs> now it's being recorded anyway. Let's, we could just pretend we did it. Hey. Ready? One, two, three. Hot wow. tub time machine. Alright. Uh, I mean please. I mean I, it's preseason, but that's it, all right? <laughs> Tuesday it begins and we get a different level of energy, all right? Now, fellas, uh on the uh, on nfl.com I mentioned it earlier. Tom Brady, Bird Breer asks the question, I guess. He doesn't answer it. He said he asks the question, is Tom Brady the best of all time? And I think that's a good place to start. As we get back to an old favorite, something we've ignored over the last uh, few weeks here on the uh, DDFP, it's a little something we call Dead or Alive. All right, so let's do it. Let's. I'll, I'll ask you guys the question. You tell me, dead or alive? Pretty simple there. And we'll start with... That question, Tom Brady, if he's the best quarterback of all time, that means I must ask this question. Joe Montana's reign as the NFL's greatest quarterback ever, dead or alive? Adam Rank, I start with you. Joe Montana's reign as the best quarterback in the NFL is still alive. 
Tom Brady needs to win at least one more Super Bowl to even have a chance to claim the title of the best of all time. If he would have won any one of these other Super Bowls against the Giants, he would have a great argument. But right now, Joe Montana, excuse me, Joe Montana still reigns supreme. Mark Sessler, how say you? I'm uh, dead. I think Brady has done more with less around him. I think he's he's playing in a different time, too, where defenders and defenses are completely different than what Montana dealt with. I mean, Montana's right there, but I, I, I have to go with Brady. I just think he's the quarterback of our time, and I think he's superseded what uh, Montana did. Hand Zeus? I think Montana's reign is dead if Brady wins one more. I agree with Rank. Uh, you take one of those Giants games and you win them, and it's already a decision has been made, in my opinion. But now, since it's been about eight years since he won the title, it's still it's almost like it's become a situation where you remember this image of Brady losing a lot in the playoffs. He needs that one last win to remind everybody that he is the champion to go with all these statistics and other rings he's had. All right, let's uh, go to the doctor on call and see, dead or alive... No, it's very much alive. Joe Montana is still the best quarterback in the history of the NFL. Your hands is you say it's dead. He, you say if he wins another championship, Tom Brady, he hasn't won a championship yet. So Rank <laughs> is in the same headspace as you, except that he gives the proper diagnosis. Joe Montana's reign is very much alive right now. He never lost in a Super Bowl. Tom Brady's lost twice to the same QB, no less. And uh, and look, there's been what is it now? Eight years that since they've won a Super Bowl. Could you imagine Joe Montana on the let's say the 2007 Giants or excuse me the 2007 Patriots team going undefeated? Do you could you imagine any scenario where Joe Montana loses that game? Well, you know, I think that if you if you look back at uh, because I, I've been thinking about Buddy Ryan because I'm working on a new uh, one of the animated uh, NFLs and I'm looking at uh, sort of that era there with Buddy Ryan. And, um, you know, it really is that a- NFC East in the late 80s is is the all time division. When you when you had the Redskins with Joe Gibbs and you had um, those Cowboys teams and then you had uh, Phil Simms's Giants and, uh, you know, Buddy Ryan's de- defensively dominant Eagles. What an era that was. The Cowboys then, you know, become Troy Aikman. They were the weak sister until they bring in the uh, the triplets there. It's an all-time thing. And then you have the Niners. I would contend that Montana is going through tougher competition just to get through the NFC than Tom Brady has perennially, at least, had to deal with. They They just happen to have the Steelers number. They have some weird losses to the Jets. But Tom Brady and Cup, I mean, to their credit, I'm, it's weird to diminish them for being too much, for, for being too good for anybody else out on the field. But that has an, you would say clearly the Patriots are the team of the AFC, right? Wouldn't you say that over the last 10 years? Yeah. I think that's tough to argue. And yet they haven't won a Super Bowl in eight years. So I, I find it hard to say Tom Brady is better than Joe Montana. And, by the way, it's not really an apples and oranges kind of comparison because both guys did throw the ball a ton. Both guys, you know, Joe Montana was the forefather of uh, of an offensive philosophy that was throw first and run second. That's very similar to what uh, Brady's had. Now, he had Randy Moss, and now Jerry, nobody's Jerry Rice, but he's had some great receivers there, and uh, this year I think he's going to be prolific. But, again, Comes down to those rings. So yes, Tom Brady is in the conversation, but until uh, until he gets ring number four, there is no conversation really to be had about who the very best one is there. So next question, Bart Scott, 
says that uh, Bart Scott says he feels that this this Jets defense in 2012 may be the best defense in the history of the New York Jets. So I ask now, is the credibility of Bart Scott dead or alive? Mark Sessler, I start with you. I think it's alive in this conversation. In talking about his own play, I, I have a problem with that, but I do think that the Jets' defense has been overlooked by the problems that offense has had. I don't think the Jets have had a ton of great defenses historically. I think it's very possible that Rex Ryan is the best defensive coach in the history of that franchise. I think they got a lot of young talent. I think it's alive in, this, in the context of what the comment was. This could be the best defense we've seen from New York in their history. Dan Hanzus, how say you? His credibility is alive. His playing ability is mostly dead. But I think, first of all, I would say Bill Belichick, better defensive coach than Rex Ryan. He's a quarterback. He is? Is Listen, how is Bill Belichick this defensive wizard when they haven't had a good defense also? They also haven't had a good defense in eight years. Well, also, I said Rex in Jets history. Right. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. No, Belichick. you said that's not. No, you said. Oh, you did say that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking you're saying he's the best defensive well, coach in football. Well, Belichick was the defensive coordinator there in the late '90s. Okay, fair enough. I think it's a different Belichick we're talking about get, at that time. Get but. off my case, bro. All right, geez. no, uh, no. But going back to the point, they, this could be a very good defense. I know where he's coming from on this. The Jets should have a better pass rush with Copels and Wilkerson coming along. You have Laron Landry is getting a lot of hype in this in the secondary. Let's see if his Achilles holds up, but. Um, I don't know if Bart Scott is going to have a big part in the Jets having a great defense, but like Mark said, there's not a huge history of vaunted Jets defenses. This unit could be good. I don't think they're going to be the best, but they could be good just as all Rex teams were. Rank, how say you? Well, this is a damnation of Vernon Golston. <laughs> he's saying, you know, we're so much better because he's not here. Addition I by say, subtraction. Yes, I say then it's a lie. Yeah, it's very much. Uh, yeah, it's it's it really is akin to uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live. You heard the news that they're now moving to eleven thirty. You talk about addition by subtraction. Damn, Ishek out of the fold. ABC jumps on it. Yeah, you're the tiki barber of the Jimmy Kimmel show. I don't like that. That's not a nice. Is gonna be you're a really, going Super Bowl. Is it going to be like a really depressing comeback attempt by you? Yeah, the way, please uh, tiki don't do, do last that. Summer? I'm leaving. I'm leaving you. I'm, I'm leaving you high and dry, Kimmel. Then and, and I've been doing a lot of media ever since about like that show's done for. That show can't. Jimmy Kimmel's going to take them all the way. Come on, please. Oh, they're going to 11:30. Maybe I could give it another run there. Oh, um, you're going to be you're going to be begging Craig Ferguson for a job in a couple of years. <laughs> all right, let's Jimmy uh, Fallon. Please let's go to the uh, let's go to the good doctor and see what's uh, what's right here. No, it's alive. Bart Scott, listen, if nothing else, you have to like he's a, he's a plucky guy who likes to flap his gums a lot. You're at the dawn of a new season. I always like I, I, if you're a fan of the Jets, this is what you want to hear. We started the show before you joined us there, Hanzus and Sessler. We were yapping about the fact that there's just nothing worse than Ryan Tannehill not knowing the divisions, which indicates that he do- doesn't care really about watching football, which is what we care about. We want you to, we want you players to care as much as as we fans do. Bart Scott does, and I say, shoot your mouth off till the cows come home. If you're on a halfway decent team that has a remote chance of of uh, going to the Super Bowl. And it is quite remote if your QBs are Mark Sanchez and Tebow. But that team could be good. My question is this, though. Do you think that the Bills jumped the Jets in the in the East this year, in the, in the standings? 
I don't think so. I, I don't know. I'm not buying into the Bills. I think their defense is going to be improved, especially that front four potentially. Now, they're better at all three levels. Okay. They've, they've added yeah. nice pieces at each each of the three levels. You're right. But I do have questions about Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I, I, I do, too. That's and the I think problem. In that in that division, he, he could struggle. If he struggled the way he did down the stretch, and I know a lot of Fitzpatrick apologists pointed to a rib injury he mm-hmm. had that really limited him. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm not buying. I'm not in on him. So until he puts together a full season, I don't think they're jumping over the Jets. Well, Dan brings up a good point. You know, that's not the, last season isn't the first year that Fitzpatrick crumbled down the stretch. I mean, he's done that before, and so is that team. I mean, I think we saw a, a – a glimpse of what they could be early last year, and they were exciting. And in the in the AFC is better when the Bills, maybe not in, maybe not in a Jets fan's opinion, but when the Bills are a better team, I think the AFC has got something going on. I don't see them, you know, leapfrogging the Jets. I'm not sure it's going to really matter where either one of these teams end up, because the Patriots are going to dominate that division at least. I, I, I that if you look at the schedule, by the way, the Patriots should really be 13 and three or 14 right. and two. They should. What be. else is new? They should be. I think I think the, the Jets could conceivably sneak in the back door for a sixth seed, but I, nope. I don't think they're going to be anywhere near striking distance of the Patriots. We'll go through I, our rankings. We'll go through our rankings. But, yes, rank, answer that question. What do you think? The Bills are going to make the playoffs this year. You do think so? So they absolutely will jump the Jets. I was I was in that uh, frame of mind uh, a few months ago, but I'm but I'm off. I'm I'm leaning now towards Hansus. It really is Fitzpatrick has to be the difference maker, and I don't think he can be. All right, let's uh, let's well, I'll be the apologist for him because now Fred Jackson's coming back. Yeah, it's amazing that he his his season crumbled when Fred Jackson was hurt. Fred Jackson is healthy. He's back. C.J. Spiller. Finally stepped forward and showed that he could be a valuable member of the offense. I think the Bills are trending up. They will make the playoffs. They definitely have more playmakers on defense, and that's really what they have to fix. They have to become at least halfway decent to be relevant in the playoff race. All right, let's switch sports here because we're not going to have time to talk about other hooey and applesauce once the once the football season kicks off here. Let's talk about a little something called Major League Baseball. Big, big trade. They're calling it the biggest trade in baseball history, and at least in terms of uh, dollars spent, it was. And you know what? The names that uh, were exchanged um, were pretty big, too. Dodgers now suddenly loaded as, in recent memory for me, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like that is the best lineup in the National League, potentially at least, that I've seen in in. 20 years since the Mets were playing, since those great Mets teams. I'm trying to think of who would uh, who would even be comparable to that. But in the meantime, let's uh, let's stay relatively local. We're here in Southern California. The Halos now, their days as the most talented roster in Major League Baseball, dead or alive, I start with you, Dan Hansen. The Angels? The Angels' days of having the most talented roster in Southern California. Dead or alive, Dan Hansus. I would say dead after this trade. I, the Angels still have plenty of talent, but I think now you add Beckett in there, who's you know due for a resurgence now. Very unlikable guy, but it's going to happen. Gonzalez is a stud first baseman. They got Kemp. They have Ethier. They have Kershaw. There's stars up and down that line. You have Hanley Ramirez. They're they're the most talented uh, roster in the NL now. What a lineup that is. You go Matt Kemp in center field, Ethier in right, and Carl Crawford in left. Look out, 2013. That's a potent. And then you throw Adrian Gonzalez in the cleanup spot. I assume maybe D. Gordon, or maybe they even try to keep Shane Victorino. That's a that's a lineup. And then you, I agree, you if Beckett isn't your number one, Kershaw clearly 
is your ace, but then if Beckett slots as your number two and then Billingsley is your three, egad, that's a that's a, that's a scary stuff. But it has not panned out to much in uh, in the way of success for the Halos, even though they've got what would what you would think is a murderer's row, especially in the starting rotation, hasn't panned out. Rank, you're a Halos fan. What do you say, dead or alive? Oh, the Angels, they're fine. They're alive. The, the one- That's not what I asked you. I said, what? <laughs> who has more talent, the Halos or the Dodgers? Are the Halos days as the most talented team in Southern California dead or alive? They're alive. Are they answering the question? Yeah, yes, they're very much alive. <laughs> Carl, where is this notion that Carl Crawford's going to – that's a huge leap of faith, saying that Carl Crawford is going to come back and be the player he once was or even 75% of what he once was. To me, he's, he's on par with Vernon Wells, a very, like, overrated player who cashed in, got a huge contract. Now they're done. But you look at the lineup. You, you look at the, the Angels lineup. They got Mike Trout, the uh, best player in Major League Baseball. They got Albert Pujols, who's still pretty good. The only the only real issue for the Angels right now, when I look at their team going forward into next year, because this season it might not pan out, probably won't pan out, but they're going to have to fix the bullpen. They're going to have to get a third baseman, and that's really, really where they're deficient right now. And I still, you know, and the pitching's still great. The 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 front end of the rotation with Jared Weaver. I'm going to say best pitcher in baseball, too. You have the best player in baseball, the best pitcher in baseball. I would say that you are very much the most talented team all right, in let's, Southern uh, California. All right, let's, uh, let's go to the doctor and see what the doctor says. Stand alive, stand alive. Oh, it's alive. Rank is right. You're right. That's why it's so shameful that this <laughs> oh, team may not awful. make the playoffs. That's an embarrassment. You also left off. You mentioned Pujols. You have the current best player in baseball, the best uh, young guy to come along maybe ever in baseball history. I agree with you. Forget forget just Weaver. I mean that that uh, Granky and uh, the, the other guys that they you know, racer. And, I mean they should be. It's it's an, it really is woeful. I know you guys talked about it last week when I was in New York and uh, a gangbusters job by by everybody on uh, episode number eighty six. I encourage you, nay, demand you go back and listen to it. But. Um, but yeah, this is this is an all timer. The disappointment of a team that should have uh, that should have been more successful. Maybe they sneak into the playoffs. But man, it's it's remarkable how mediocre they've been. The it's other- funny because it kind of, the Kings went through the same thing. I don't I don't know if it, unfortunately baseball doesn't have eight playoff spots aside where the Kings were able to sneak in as an eight seed, and then their talent just took over because that team was just loaded, and then they dominated the playoffs and. We're holding out hope that somehow maybe the Orioles fold or the A's fold and the Angels can sneak in because if they can get in to that last playoff spot, you go into a playoff series, okay, you're throwing Weaver for why, game why one of your wild card. Hanzus and Sessler and Blacktop. Well, mm-hmm. Remind me, why would I ask a question about the Halos to rank? Hey, it was going to happen. This is, this is what, I brought this happened. on myself. You know Dangerous. what? You know what? I got to take out the Hansel Edition blaster <laughs> for bringing this up in front of rank. Dave Damashek. Jerk! Uh, it's it's not comfortable. I don't right. like that, but I deserved it. Can I just say one more thing on this trade, though? You may. Uh, Red Sox fans don't get they don't get the opportunity to say, "Oh, th- what a great move this is for us. This is so great." No, yeah, you got to unload these guys and mm-hmm. start over. But this this is disgraceful. What happened here? You're it basically is your franchise saying we effed up the last five years of our existence, despite having every possible. Uh, advantage, okay, and then there's boy like your boy Simmons at ESPN writes a column like, "Oh, we hit the reset button. This is great." No, 
It's it's just a joke. I know this is now the Yankee fans coming out in me, but I'm just saying. I mean, can't it. we just ignore Red Sox fans? No, no I, absolutely you, you you can't because if you went to well, the I eight, can. Not that you guys would go to Angel Stadium to go see the Angels and the Red Sox. No, you we would, wouldn't. You would figure, you would figure them hitting the reset button would humble them. Maybe they would be a little bit more, you know, not so d baggish as they're sitting here in the Angel Stadium. Nope, still, still the same guys. Still the entitled jerks who right. who hate Southern. And it's it's so amazing to me because they all sit and you. It's so unfortunate. You sit next to these guys and they ramble on. Forever about like oh Southern California irony is alert irony alert <laughs> irony <laughs> alert what what's please explain yourself you you were just making mention of people rambling on about their team <laughs> but it's not like I it's not like I went to Fenway Park to talk about how bad Boston is I hate living here well then move back obviously you know your your <laughs> career goal. Of being the next Ben Affleck or Matt Damon is not working out for you. We've got plenty of people. I hear good things about this Affleck guy. But all right, now listen. Wait, have, have you mentioned that Mike's in a full Angels uniform right now? <laughs> <How dare you? laughs> I disagree with you about uh, Carl Crawford, actually. I mean, this guy's ba- base, his game's based on his wheels. That's not where the issue is. He has the uh, rotator cuff, so I think he'll be fine. But is any is there any city, any I, you know, I, I've made my argument against Anaheim counting as an L.A. team just because they call themselves L.A. It shouldn't. But even if you don't include them, is L.A., does L.A. have more – star power in sports than any other place, which is a huge upset. I know that there are two basketball teams and everything, but there isn't an NFL team, and I think there aren't more stars in any city. I mean, the only places you would reasonably consider would be, I guess, New York, just because of the number of teams. Chicago, same reason. And then Miami, because you have the the basketball players, but then the that's invalidated because the Canes are down and the Dolphins are the Dolphins. They don't have anybody that you would point to. It may be Reggie Bush. Is there anybody that begins to compare? It's not even close. I mean, L.A. has – it's a huge mark with a ton of teams, and every team is loaded with stars right now from the NHL, MLB. You know, even Beckham is on the soccer team, you know. It is what about da- – yeah, Beckham and also yeah. Matt Barkley. Matt uh, Barkley's yeah, the yeah, Heisman yeah. frontrunner. What about Dallas? Could that make it somehow? Could Dallas no. get in there? I don't it- think so. I mean, you, I mean, they could make an argument for themselves, but it's – I mean, Los Angeles has it in the bag. Who would their hockey stars be? I mean, yeah, they don't. there's nobody who you really hold up as somebody who rises above uh, – the, for puck heads, at least outside of uh, the world of uh, of puck, I don't think anybody really cares about very many guys on that team. So, um, all right then, fellas, in college football, are we excited about that? We're done with the, by the way, with dead or alive. Let's just get some final thoughts here. College football kicks off. Rank. How say you? You excited? You I'm gonna, excited. Yeah, I love. I love tailgating. Though. There's. A, I. I said this the other day. I was on Adam Carolla's podcast. I encourage you to dig that one up. Or actually, that comes out on. Friday. The, today is Thursday. That uh, doesn't go up there. And to look for that on AdamCarolla.com. But I was talking to him about it. Is there any activity in some wiseacre always has to say, oh, I'd rather be with a girl between the sheets. But I mean, yeah. listen, forget that. <laughs> is there any activity more fun than tailgating at a college football game? No. Even if you went down to a San Diego State game where they don't draw huge crowds, that is still more enjoyable than most sporting activities. I'm not talking sporting activities. I'm talking activities. Mm. Would you rather go make a pot at uh, you know at Potter, color, me color me mine? That's an activity. <laughs> it's up there. Go see a movie. Go see uh, a, some musical theater. Oh no, we're t- oh yeah, we're we're filming this on Thursday. 
I'm chagrined. UNLV's football season's kicking off tonight. Uh, there is what? It's fun to. You're U- just talking about football. UNLV half-empty San Diego State games and the crud halos. Thank you. <laughs> it's a lot of heat between you guys today. Yeah, it's a, no, it's a he's just jealous. <laughs> I, am, I am jealous of the of the teams that you get to root for. It's been a, it's been a great run for you. Thank you. Oh, no. I'm, Your football I'm, team enjoyed you I'm, so much, it I'm, moved I'm, to St. Louis. <laughs> um, college football, excitement, any picks? You guys don't care. He's from huh? New York. He doesn't the, care. Did the playoffs, do they have the playoff system yet? No. Wake me up when that happens. That's the Agreed. thing about New York fans, because you guys don't have any good college football teams, so you just write it off. Typical front-runner fashion no, right there. We kind, of, we kind of vouch for Rutgers now, but it's, really, it's no, not it's a real too much. Here's yeah. the thing with college. And, and your, yeah. your football teams, you know, outside of the Giants, because you're a Jets fan, uh, nothing to write home about either. The crime that is New York City and also Chicago is that these are the two places, bar none, with in terms of high school basketball talent, and neither one of them has a has a decent college basketball team. That's a crime. That's also a conversation for another day. Um, I, I I have no pick because if for who's going to win the national championship because I don't want to feed this nonsense about the preseason polls. That this is this is. You know, everybody, hum, the human condition includes self validation. Everybody wants to be right about things. Mm-hmm. And if you say to a, a pollster, somebody who actually has a say in how things are going to turn out, who do you think is going to win the national championship before anything happens on the field? I think that team's going to win. Then you are incented subconsciously, at least, to continue to promote that team with your vote each week. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that's rubbish. If you got rid of the preseason poll stuff, I would buy in much more to the poll system. And I'm somebody who's advocated for it in the past over at least the BCS. But in a couple of years we have uh, a 14 playoff ideal, just about ideal. All right, let's wrap it up with uh, the player who wore the episode number best. We're on episode number 88 and let's go around real quick. A lot of great 88s mm-hmm. in uh, in sports history. Eric Lindros not being one of them. How say you rank? Got to go with Michael Irvin. You do. You got to go with Michael Irvin, not Desi Bryant. Yeah, you don't want to go with Des. No, you don't I'm pretty go with, confident with that. Not Drew Pearson. No, Michael Drew Pearson's Irvin. not in the Hall of Fame. Just Still uh, pick an a, injustice. I'll pick a different player. Not. I mean, Irvin is the best, greatest Cleveland Brown '88. Reggie Langhorn. All right. Reggie what number Langhorn. was Reggie Rucker? Eighty-three. Thirty-three. There you go. Thirty-three. That's right. And I'll do the same thing. It's Irvin, but from a Jet perspective, Altoon. Well, of course you're all wrong. The only answer, the one and only answer that it is acceptable here. The great Lynn Swan, the most dynamic <laughs> clutch wide receiver in football history. Jerry Rice. I don't remember him coming through the way uh, Lynn Swan. He was willowy. He was a ballerina, don't you know? That was every story. Every week that he played a game in the NFL, you know he's a ballerina in his part-time. That's why he's so graceful in the air. Every time you ever that watch was, a football game, you have to hear that. was the 70s Antonio Gates played basketball in college. Yeah, that's that's exactly right, and, <laughs> and Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. We got a whole bunch of good ones on the on the uh, on the horizon here. Hey, you know Ryan Tannehill didn't start out as a quarterback <laughs> when he was at Texas A and M. Oh, he did. Get ready for twelve he years. Receiver. Yeah, he started out as a wide receiver. No, he started off as a quarterback. They moved him a receiver, and then they moved him back to quarterback. That's no way to end this show. I don't appreciate <laughs> you showing me up like that. That hurts my feelings. All right, so listen. We it is Lynn Swan and I want to wait. Oh, hold on, Let's Alan vote. Page. Why don't we vote on it? We're not going to vote on that. Why not? Because you 
overrode. I didn't care for what you did last <laughs> week on episode 86. Of course, it should have been Heinz Ward. Should not have been. The greatest 86 of all time? No. Stanley Morgan. We Stanley Morgan. It was not better than Heinz Ward. Can you write the history of pro football without Stanley Morgan? Yes, you can. No. Can you write it without Heinz Ward? No, you cannot. Oh, easily. Easily? Footnote. He was a Super Bowl MVP. How could he not? So how could every, you? We go through this every week. So does every Super Bowl MVP go into the Hall of Fame? Yes. Chuck By Cowley, definition, congratulations. if you are a Super Bowl Jake MVP, Scott, congratulations. Then, then you must be mentioned. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. If you are a Super Bowl MVP, then you must be mentioned, even if it was voted poorly, like when Fred Bolitnikoff got it in Super Bowl twelve for four catches. Ugh, ridiculous. <laughs> All right. They got it right with Heinz Ward, though. Hi, I, Did but they? Congratulations to the great Lynn Swan. Um, for my money, the most spectacular receiver. Possible exception, John Jefferson. Oh, John gonna, Jefferson yes. of the Chargers was great. All right, well, listen. So that does it. We made it, fellas. We made it all the way through spring. We made it the back end of winter. Then it gave way to spring. Then summer, the long summer. And when we come back on the Dave Damashek football program, when next you hear our voices, we will be getting ready for kickoff because it will be nigh. Until then, <laughs> thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.